0: Uh, well good morning everybody uh, today we're gonna today we're gonna talk about grace and uh, the fuller extent of grace and this actually this morning Tim I'm going to talk about part of it is is God is our father uh, and and some of his function as our father so um, I hope it means a lot to you um, But uh, let's just start out with prayer. Father, we thank you that you are good. You are good all the time, and we thank you for your grace, without which we could not stand and we could not uh, survive. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for Jesus and what he did for us. And I pray that you would speak to us this morning and that you would cause us to grow closer and closer to you and in your plans for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, um, standing up, being upright. uh, The other day, Michael was showing us um, a YouTube video of some football follies. Um, How many of you follow football at all? Pay attention to football. There there was, in this one, uh, there was... um, a defensive lineman who somehow fell down on the play. I don't know, defensive linemen, they're the big guys that chase the quarterback. Do you know who the quarterback is? He's the guy that throws the ball, usually. Um, So uh, this big defensive lineman, he fell down. And for whatever reason, it didn't look like he'd got injured, he just stayed there lying on the ground and he didn't get up. And so the quarterback, he's there, There's a lineman on the ground, quarterback's got all the time in the world, nobody's chasing him, and he throws a touchdown pass. And uh, the the guy that was lying down uh, looked pretty bad. He needed to be upright, he needed to be on his feet. Um, How many of you would lie down in the road like this guy? That's a bad idea. No, that's dangerous. You need to keep upright and alert in case if a car comes by, you're down there, you can't get out of the way. And uh, that's dangerous. Um, Well, in the same way, God wants us to walk uprightly before him for our own good. Uh, Living by his word, he, he says, will keep us upright. Some Christians today might say, Oh, you know, that's the law. That's the Old Testament. Now we're saved by grace, so we don't need to teach that. It's true. People say that. Well, no. Actually, this is grace. This is a function of grace. Grace goes much deeper than just being our ticket to heaven. And so we're going to look at that this morning. Um, Titus chapter 2, starting at verse 11. Paul writes, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Who teaches us? What teaches us? Grace. Grace Grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So what does upright mean? I'm standing and it means here in this context it means righteous, um, just, uh, doing what God wants us to do. Um, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So you see, it talks about that blessed hope that we have and that we are waiting for him, that he gave himself for us to redeem us. Grace redeems us. It does forgive our sins. It does uh, give us the opportunity to go to heaven. But he's purifying for himself. We are the bride of Christ, right? Christ would like a pure bride. And, and that's, and, but who's doing it? He is. And, and grace is teaching us, uh, empowering us so that we might be eager to do what is good, like, like he is eager to do what is good. So these then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you, Paul says to Timothy. So he says you've got to teach these things. You've got to teach uprightness that grace empowers us to do good. Um, so how does grace teach us self-controlled, upright, and godly behavior? Well, I think Stephen um, built us a foundation last uh, week from Scripture um, about the work of the Holy Spirit and that It's his love manifesting through us that empowers us to do everything that he wants us to do in our lives. Um, In the commentary I looked at, Matthew Henry uh, wrote wrote this to explain Titus 2.12. It says, he wrote, he loved us and gave himself for us. And what can we do less than love and give up ourselves to him? So he's saying it's a response to his love. Redemption from sin and sanctification of the nature. Sanctification means what? a reforming of our behavior. Reforming of our thinking, uh, our speaking and our actions. Uh, These things go together and make a peculiar people unto God. How many of you know you are peculiar? Okay, but it means different from the world. Uh, free from guilt and condemnation, praise the Lord, and purified by the Holy Spirit. All scripture is profitable. Here is what will furnish for all parts of duty and the right discharge of them. That means doing what God wants us to do. Let us inquire whether our whole dependence is placed upon the grace which saves the lost, pardons the guilty, and sanctifies the unclean. Grace does all those things. And the further we are removed from boasting of fancied good works or trusting in them so that we glory in Christ alone, the more zealous we shall be to abound in real good works. So he's saying... It is not by trying on your own or trusting in yourself or pride and boasting that I do good. That actually gets you off track of the true grace that empowers you to live for God. Right? He's saying um, the more you realize the true grace, the less you depend on yourself, but, but it, it's grace that naturally influences us to want to and to actually do obey god unfortunately in many christian circles today it's uh, become unpopular to teach about saying no to ungodliness um, we have a lot of well, i guess they're known as seeker friendly churches and it's it's good to seek to get the people people in and we definitely need to outreach but um to you know the word rebuke, that would be considered a bad word, I think, in, in, in a lot of places. Um, many parts of scripture, I think, are ignored or left alone by, by certain churches. Um, a, a lot of times, places av- avoid Bible doctrine. And doctrine actually means scriptural teaching. Um, you know, the fact that Jesus died for our sins, that's doctrine. Doctrine but uh, they view it as divisive it has the potential to be divisive so they avoid it and say oh we don't we don't want to teach that doctrine um many churches don't teach the function of grace as our inward teacher that empowers us to grow to maturity um, that we live self-controlled upright and godly lives Uh, Kathy and I, we just recently heard from some some friends about a a church in our county that they used to go to um, in order to attract outsiders, which again is a good pursuit, it's a noble thing. Um, Basically, they've seen entertainment and upscale production has become the goal. And, you know, the bad, you know, if you're not working to do that that's those are the bad people that get booted out of the church Um, in the meantime godliness is not preached and sometimes reportedly open sin is is uh ignored or tolerated and that's a that's a sad thing that's a, a that's a very sad thing and it's not pleasing to god um The writer of Hebrews, in chapter 5, starting at verse 11, talks about this. We have much to say about all this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again you need milk not solid food anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil how many of you drank milk this morning that's okay how many of you drank only milk this morning Okay, uh, there might be a couple babies here, all right, and that's that's for babies, right? But but the um, adults, oh, as you're growing, you need solid food to mature. Um, so what is what is the writer here referring to as what is solid food then? Well, it says it's it's teaching about righteousness, about training. Uh, ourselves to distinguish good from evil. And implied is to, to live by it. Um, it continues the beginning of the next chapter. Therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God Instruction about cleansing rites, such as baptism. The laying on of hands. uh, That can be different things, but probably it's about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, The resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. We will move beyond those elementary teachings oh, but those are the most important teachings of the church. Yes, they are. They're a foundation, all right? In other words, to be born again is absolutely necessary, right? But if we get stuck on those things, and I know that we as a church at COC, I don't think we do get stuck on those things, but I think sometimes in our personal lives, we can get stuck on those things. And um, uh, it's... Uh, that's a foundation that, need, that the Christian life is built upon. You can't have anything else without it, for sure. But we need to build upon that. Um, you know, a, <laughs> a baby who doesn't grow, that's not a good thing, right? We must be born again, okay? So you, you can't have life without being born again. But uh, a baby who doesn't grow ends up dying. Um, So these elementary teachings, they're the foundation. They are um, what our life, our relationship with God is built upon. You know, babies are cute. How many of you love babies? But uh, you don't want them to remain babies forever. Right? You, we, we don't want to keep getting up in the night every night with them and we don't want to keep changing diapers all the time. Thank you. We love our babies, but uh, we don't want to always have babies. Um, we can have another baby, right? <laughs> I'm not. <that laughs> don't take that the wrong way, Kathy. Okay. Um, no, we want our children to mature, I think is what I'm trying to say. Uh, there's a need to mature in all of us. Uh, Christian author John R.W. Stott, uh, who spent much of his time traveling around the world uh, being involved with the church, he's been quoted as saying that the greatest need of the church, from what he witnessed, is maturity. And uh, he said something like, the church is about 16 million miles wide and about a 16th of an inch thick. In other words, there's, there is a big need for spiritual maturity. Um, so God is our father, amen? He calls himself our father. He truly is our father. And uh, so those of us who are parents, those of us who have children, even if it's, even if it's uh, spiritual children, okay, maybe you don't have your own biological children, um, we, can, we can really identify with his feelings and his desires for us as his children, um, I, I've I've always felt that to be a father really helps me, gives me encouragement and hope. Because me, a sinner, to see how I feel toward my children really helps me to understand how God uh, loves me as as a father and what what He says about that. Um, well, Chip Ingram. Uh, has a teaching series that we've just started in our home group. And uh, I think it's called Dare to Experience True Christianity. It's based on Romans 12. He said this in that teaching. God has a dream for your life that is right and good and wonderful. And it grows out of his kindness, his love and his goodness and his concern for you. And he wants to develop everything about you But at the heart of what he wants to develop is your character. He wants to make you like his son. That's a big agenda. More than where you were, more than specifics about how this turns out or that turns out, that's the heart of God. He wants you to mature. He wants to grow your character. Um, I've also been reading a, a parenting book by Christian psychologist, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. It's called Raising Great Kids. And uh, uh, they echo God's dream in their teaching about human parenting. They say, Good kids are a product of the real goal of parenting, mature character. When children grow up with mature character, they are able to take their place as adults in the world and function properly in all areas of life character growth is the main goal of child rearing so according to them well what's the definition of character what does it mean to develop character we view character as the structures and abilities within ourselves that make up how we operate in life in other words character is the sum of our abilities to deal with life as God designed us to. So character is basically how you live, how you get through life uh, and your ability to do that. So they, they outline five aspects of character. First one is attachment. That is the ability to form relationships, right? And that's, that's a big deal in life, is to be able to relate, with, uh, relate well with people and with God. The next one is responsibility, taking ownership of life. Not to say that we don't depend on God, but we need to take ownership of our own uh, life and and our own actions, our own behaviors, right? Uh, Another one is reality, dealing with sin, loss, failure, and evil. What do we do when we face those things? We live in a sinful world. We ourselves have a sinful nature, How do we deal with those things? Uh, The next one is competence. Developing the God-given gifts and talents that we have in us. That's um, part of maturity, part of character. Next one is conscience. An internal sense of right and wrong needs to be developed. And finally, worship. And that includes spiritual growth, Uh, and right relating to God. And so, um, you know, in other words, they basically include all the ways that we should think, believe, and act toward God, toward ourselves, toward other people around us, and toward the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in 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 life. It's all-encompassing. Now, this definition is not scripture, right? This is from a book by a Christian psychologist. However, um, I believe God's word has much to say about all of these aspects of mature character and it urges us to work on developing them in our lives. So here's the good news. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit's work in us that will do it. And in fact, he's the one that even wants, causes us to want to grow to be like Jesus. Amen? Amen. It says that in Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, Paul is concerned about obedience, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now I was raised in the Lutheran church and there's a lot of good things about the Lutheran church but, and one of them is we rely on, we are saved by grace. So when Lutherans read that verse, they're kind of like, was this really supposed to be included in there? When it says, uh, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling because that sounds like working. But I think what it's, what it's It's not talking about earning your salvation. It's saying, you know what? Uh, your Your salvation is a relationship with God and it's something that you must walk with until the day of your death. It's not a one time pray a prayer and immediately I've got this ticket to heaven and it doesn't matter what the rest of my life is like. No, salvation is a lifetime experience And it's a lifetime relationship. And God says, be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. And so it's holding on to faith in him and walking with him. Jesus said, he didn't tell his disciples, hey, pray this prayer and I'll see you later. No, he said, follow me, right? And uh, praying prayers is good, but it's a lifetime thing. But the next verse is good. That it goes with it because it says it is God who works in you both to will to want to and to act to do so it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling and then and yes it is God who works in you he's the one that empowers us to do that we just need we need to have faith in him and walk with him um And it says, in order to fulfill his good purpose. How many of you, do you believe that God has a good purpose for your life as your father? You know, uh, that's the thing that Chip Chip Ingram was saying. Uh, As parents, we have desires for our children. We have dreams for our children. Uh, We want them to be successful. Uh, But the biggest thing is we want them to be upright, loving, godly, uh have godly mature character um and when it and when that doesn't happen um it's painful you know one thing he says is children have the ability to give great joy to parents (laughs) children also have a great ability to bring pain us as parents. And, and we've all probably experienced that to, to some extent or other. Um, and it's the same with us to God. Um, so part of Paul's purpose there, he's saying, uh, well, I didn't read it. Verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. The sky at night is black, the stars are bright. It's amazing that we, we can see them from how many light years away? Like billions of light years away? I don't know. But a big number of light years away. And we can still see that because it's so bright and the rest of the sky is so dark. And that is God's meaning for us to shine like stars. In the universe uh, in the midst of this warped and crooked generation we live in as you hold firmly to the word of life and that's a key holding on to his word then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I I did not run or labor in vain do you see that part of Paul's purpose is not just his own life but to see that his spiritual children, the ones he's discipling, are fulfilling his dream and God's dream for their lives, not just his own. And a question, you know, what if Paul had not grown to maturity in Christ himself? Where would we be, (laughs) you know? You know, I'm sure God is faithful, he can raise somebody else up, but um, God's purpose for our lives is important. God wants us to immerse ourselves in his word. He talked about holding firmly to the word of life. Um, That way we will gain wisdom. And wisdom will guard us, lead us, and keep us on the right path. His love for us keeps us off of paths that lead to death. And that's an important thing. How many of you want to be on a path that leads to death? No, but... But the Bible talks about there are different paths. I, it reminds me of um, Karen Martin's mom. When I was at summer camp in college, I think, I was 19 years old. And I, had, I loved the Lord. I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'd been on a ball mission trip the summer before for six weeks. And I was fired up. But as I went through my freshman year, I was influenced uh, to make some some poor decisions, I guess, and not, you know, I didn't fall away from grace or anything like that, but, um, we were in a camp meeting up there on the hill under the tent, and Lynn Heights was preaching and had us practice the gifts, get in little groups while he, w- during the middle of his sermon, and, uh, start praying, and it was my brother Tim and me, and I think Karen and your mom, and, she got a word from the Lord. We were practicing hearing from the Lord. She got a word said, Steve, you're, on a <laughs> you're at a fork in the road and you can go God's way or you can go the other way. And it would be better if you go God's way. And it was, had to do with the, the decisions and the choices that I'd been making in my life at that time. And they, they weren't like huge things. It wasn't like I was in gross sin or anything, but it was just a matter of really growing. Am I doing the things to grow in the right direction or am I... Doing things that are causing me not to grow, and therefore decay, and uh, so she she just spoke that word, and I took it to heart and talked to my brother about it and realized there are some direct I need to take God's fork in the road, not my own, and that's that was the word of God uh, to me uh, that took pointed me to the right path. Um. Proverbs chapter 2 talks a lot about wisdom, and wisdom is found in God's word. So I'm going to read it. Proverbs 2, starting at verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you. How many of you know this is a word from God your Father? And it is the Old Testament, but guess what? There's law and gospel in both the New and the Old Testament. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. These are things we do. We're accepting, we're storing up, we're turning our ear and we're applying our heart to God's word, to his wisdom. Indeed, if you call out for insight, that's really doing something, right? That's passionate. And cry aloud for understanding. And if you look for it as for silver, And search for it as for hidden treasure if I told you like there's a valuable million-dollar treasure hidden somewhere in your backyard right now some of you'd leave the service right now to go start digging for it right and maybe I would too but my yard's really big so I don't know where I'd start (laughs) Um. but we like treasure Um, search for it, wisdom, God's wisdom, as for hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Let me say that again. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. There's a benefit of being upright. How many of you want to be successful? successful in the in what God wants for you. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. How many of you want how many of you need protection? We all do. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right. Just and fair. Those three words, right? Just and fair. Good definition for the word upright. For every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. This is a promise. Um, You know, we're not talking about earning the benefits that God gives. It's just that God is saying, as a father, this is a bad path. Don't go on it. It will not go well for you. I'm your father. I know you need to go on this path. Walk on this path with me. Do you see what I'm saying? He's not saying, earn all your protection, earn all your provision, earn all your... He's not saying that. He's saying, I'm your shepherd. I'm here to guard you th- guide you through life. If you go off this path, you're going to run into trouble. Follow me this other direction you know it's it's love it's it's grace and he says i'm here to help you through hold on to my hand and we'll make it okay um verse 11 discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men from men whose words are perverse who have left the straight paths to walk dark ways Who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil. That's prevalent in our society today, isn't it? I mean, what's right is wrong and wrong is right, it seems like, when you uh, pay attention to what's being said out there. Um, Verse 15. Whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Wisdom will also save you from the adulterous woman and from the wayward woman with her seductive words. I'm sure it's not just women who are traps for us, but um, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads down to death and her path to the spirits of the dead. That's a place I think we don't want to go. None who go to her, return or attain the paths of life? That's a serious word right there. Um, do you see that? Though that what it's saying is sin is destructive. Uh, any sin in our lives causes destruction, whether it be in our own self, in our own heart, in, to our faith, to our relationships, to our relationship with God. Um, have you ever seen, seen the destruction sin works in somebody's life? Maybe your own life, maybe my own life. Um, what it does to relationships, how it cuts people off from accomplishing God's good purposes for our lives. Um, the, the, God's word is, is warning us and guiding us about these paths Verse 20, thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. That's quite a chapter um, talking about wisdom. But God has given us his word. Actually, we go back to Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend talking about children. They say that there are three ingredients that God has provided to produce growth in children for us. And those three are grace, truth, and time. And uh, I just look at that to remind myself about the growth that I've seen in all four of my children. Faith's in there too, right? She just, you just can't see her. And, um, no, grace. We, his children, have grace at work teaching us to walk uprightly. That's, that's, the, that's the power part. Okay, that's what God, God, is at work through his grace in us. Uh, his word leads us in the truth this book I really like what it says about parenting sometimes we are torn should I show grace to my child in this situation or do I need to hold up the truth and and you know convict them of what is right uh, do I need to discipline them um, they say well actually we get it wrong when we go one way without the other because it needs to be both They said Jesus was full of grace and truth right and uh, and so we also in upbringing our children probably in everything we knew we, we we need to be have both grace and truth together that that can be a trick but it's it's the Lord who gives us wisdom about how to do that so so we need truth and we get truth from His Word truth convicts us truth guides us in the right way um, and so we need to preach the truth like like Paul was saying we need to move on from the elementary teachings which are necessary but we should not ignore the preaching of truth about righteousness and how to live and grow up in our relationship with the lord and then there's time and and time is beca- and they are saying parents need to spend not just quality time but actually a quantity of time with our children as much as as we're able to Uh, because it's that daily walking through situations and applying grace and truth daily again and again and again that builds maturity in children that helps them grow and guess what God is a good father how many of you know day by day he is with us and he's walking through us Uh, with us and through every situation we meet some of them he's chosen to bring about some of them naturally have come to us not every bad thing is something he's designed and said oh this bad thing will be a good thing for my child he does say hey this bad thing didn't surprise me and i'll turn it around for good for my child yeah Uh, that he is walking with us and he's in us by his spirit to apply grace and truth to every situation and that is how we grow as his children in maturity. And it's his will for our lives and it's something for all, you know, we don't want to remain babies. We don't want to have our diapers changed forever and you you can't remain a baby. You've got to grow. We've got to grow and it's God's heart for us and it's, it's for our good. You know, his goal is that as his dearly beloved daughters and sons, that we grow to be like whom? Like Jesus. That's, that's the goal. And it's, a, it's not just like, oh, that's impossible. I'm not Jesus. No, you're not. But you have Jesus in you. You have the same grace. You have the same truth. It's the power of God. It's not you. Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you that you are a good father. You are forgiving and good. We need your grace. We thank you for the salvation you have purchased for us through the cross. We thank you for those elementary teachings that are so necessary Without a foundation, no building could stand. Without being born again, we could not be saved. But we thank you that um, you have committed to walk with us our whole lives through. And that you are not content uh, to leave us worldly and ungodly, but that you care enough about us that you empower us to do your will we thank you that you have good goals dreams and plans for each of our lives and Lord we come to you humbly Lord we repent of our sins and we put our faith in you and I pray that you would enable us to immerse ourselves in your word and in truth That we would press in closer and closer to you. Because that's really what it is. That we would press in to know you more intimately. To know your ways. And as we do that, that you're going to cause us to become more and more like you. Thank you that it's grace that supplies the power. Grace supplies the growth. No farmer can make seeds grow. But it's the power that you put in them that that causes them to grow. And it's the same with us, Lord. So we look to you. Help our eyes look to you. And I pray that you would guide us. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for brothers and sisters whom we can walk with. Help us to encourage one another and spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.